everyone. It's Becky. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Leah. Hi. So on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are continuing our indie author celebration for the month of April. Um, Today, we are spotlighting new on the scene indie author E.H. Lyon. So Leah, why don't you tell us a little bit about E.H. Lyon? E.H. Lyon hates folding laundry and decided one day to avoid it by writing fun and steamy stories. Her stories take you on a light and bantering ride until the very end when your couple finds their happily ever after. Along the way, there may be the occasional emotional twist thrown in and the essential appearance of a bottle of whiskey. E.H. has a thing for witty women, determined well-dressed men who fall in love and the steamy scenes that bring them together. An American from the Midwest, she now lives in Europe with her small pack of humans. She believes the essence of balance is sitting on a yoga mat, listening to music while eating a donut. And she absolutely loves finding a new book boyfriend to swoon over, hearing from other authors and connecting with people who read her books. Well, welcome to the show. Hi, ladies. (laughs) Thanks for having me here. I have to say like your balance of life, a yoga mat, music, and a donut. (laughs) To me, it's perfect. It totally changed over COVID too. I can tell you that. I did a one I'm like, this is like these. This is my people. Well, and you, and and you live over in Europe. So and they, yeah, the Danishes, and the pastries and the baked goods over there. Ended up in a small European country in Northern Europe that we are not known for our pastries or bakeries. So I have to be honest. I um. I don't get so much good food. <laughs> so it's the first thing I do when I ever, when I go back to visit family is I hit a target and I just stock up on food. Oh I really gosh. <laughs> you should have rethought that. Maybe it's time to yeah. get relocating, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need to look at the local bakeries before we can pick our next place to live. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, it's all food-based. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm a food-motivated individual friend. <laughs> I do like I'll tell friends will say like hey we're going to Cleveland this weekend and I'll be like oh my gosh okay so you're going to want to hit this place right here for lunch and you're going to want to go to this bakery right here to get some pastries I'm just you know casada cake if you've never had casada cake it is the most amazing Italian heard of cake it. I have never heard of it either okay well googling that <laughs> it is it is a white, almost like angel food consistency cake, but not quite as spongy. So it's a vanilla okay. sponge and the frosting is a, an Italian whipped cream frosting. And between the layers of cake is a vanilla custard with oh my God. fresh strawberries sandwiched between this cake. It's almost like a ladyfinger cake. Does that mm. mean if I say like tiramisu yeah. fingers? Okay, so it's the custard and the strawberries are smushed between the layers of the cake. And then the frosting is the Italian whipped cream. And then they garnish it with strawberries and big chunks of white chocolate on top of it. I (laughs) I think I've had that, but I didn't know what it was called. It's called Casada Cake. And there's a little bakery in Little Italy in Cleveland called Cabo's that the, in the spring, you can find all the little Italian grandmas sitting on the front in front of the shop um capping the strawberries <laughs> now you make me want cake <laughs> i know i love anyway cake. yeah <laughs> anyway so um 
E, welcome to the podcast. Um, let's Thanks. we're gonna get to know you a little bit now. So <laughs> uh you're a reader of romance, yes. Yeah, yeah. I started a few years ago when I after I had my child who did not want to sleep in their crib. I literally for nights, one arm the baby, the other arm my tablet, just reading, and that's how I got mm. into reading romance. So. so do you have a favorite author or um type so I think it's like I so where I am we don't have Amazon I well we only we only just started having Amazon uh, okay. a year ago I think they came to our market so I only kn know really the authors that are wide um so I was started out reading Marilyn Kelly I love her, her we, books, we do the too. banter we're big uh -huh. and it just it reminds me of home because she's just she's writing about all of her stories are in Chicago I think and then um I read quite a bit of Lauren Blakely, of course, you know, the big names, Emily Goodwin. She also mm -hmm. writes contemporary in Indiana. So again, I was the Midwest. I was feeling homesick and they were answering uh, that for me. So, and it's just discovering more, more authors. And then when I got onto Bookstagram and then I discovered this whole Kindle Unlimited authors and I'm like, oh, who are these people? <laughs> then I got into Melanie Harlow. She's great. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm still discovering, still discovering a bunch. So yeah, well, and there's always new ones coming too. That's the yeah. that's the nice thing. Like there's constantly new influx. Exactly, and I think especially I think even from when I decided to start publishing to now, the last six months, it's just been a big boom of mm -hmm. new authors or authors that have been around for so long, kind of reinventing themselves. It's just a totally different world. <laughs> It is, it is. But you know what? That's the great thing about Kindle Unlimited. So previous to working in publishing, because I've been in publishing for about two years now. Yeah. Previous to working in publishing, I was a library girl. I went, yeah. figured it out. I had not bought a new book in about seven years because yeah. if it wasn't in my library, I just didn't read it. I didn't have the budget to go and buy a ton of books. Yeah. And so one of the things that, you know, working into publishing and finding Kindle Unlimited and finding the bookstagram world it's opened up all these new authors for sure. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's kind of like a playland really. <laughs> it's a candy shop of books, you know, you can yeah. buy it and you're not committed to it forever if you don't love it. Yeah. I understand why when, when I decided if I was going to be starting Kindle Unlimited or why I understand completely why some people, you know, starting Kindle Unlimited because I do think yeah, a lot of people are more willing to take a chance on you um, because of that, that whole structure. Yeah. Um, the, it, but there are readers also other places too. So no, 50-50. And we've seen a couple of authors recently actually they got their start in Kindle Unlimited. And there's a couple I know of right now that are taking, one has just left and another is on the verge. She'll leave in the next two months. Yeah. Wide. Um, and like she said, it was a great place to build an audience, but now it's time to reach for the others. And she's been there for yeah. a couple of years. Um, but it is, it's a way, you know, it, there's risk to pub indie publishing and there's a risk to putting yourself out there and there's expense that comes with it. Yeah. <laughs> and so by doing something like Kindle Unlimited, it does start to help you build a reader base. Um, for sure. So what was your last five-star read? I actually, I've never, I could have never really get into Corinne Michaels, but then a few weeks ago she released Return to Us and I just 
fell in love with that. I mean, I'm not really into when you start out a book of a plane crash, you're like, oh, this is going to be kind of weird. But actually, it's such a beautiful read and such a beautiful story. So I'm looking forward to the next one that comes out, I think, the end of the month from her. Okay. So I think it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite romantic trope? Is there like... <laughs> Definitely second chances. I think that's my favorite by far. And then enemies to lovers comes mm -hmm. close second. So those two for sure. Yeah. Is there a trope that you yourself would like likely never write? The, yeah, I, I th and this is going to be funny because I think there's... I saw on Instagram a bunch of people talking about the virgin trope. I could never write about the whole, oh, my best friend's a virgin and wants me to teach her, and that's not really my scene. Same with writing about roommates who fall in love. I don't think uh -huh. that's really my trope either, so. Yeah, no, that's fair. That virgin trope is hard. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's interesting because we actually read Jiffy Kate recently released um, Eye Candy, which isn't mm -hmm. yeah. included. And um, the heroine is a virgin. And it's very interesting because she's not, she's not a naive virgin and it's, yeah. and it's never one of these things like she's giving it to him or yeah. it's this precious gift. It, it's not like that. So I think it, it's, it's one of those tropes that's really hard to do. I have a problem with friends to lovers. Everybody's yeah I uh, yeah I know that <laughs> because sometimes to me friends can friends to lovers can sometimes feel almost incestual just because you have this long history with this person and never you know like I've known this person 10 years they're my best friend but you've never done anything in 10 years there was never a moment a touch yeah exactly it, I I struggle with it too yeah just one of yeah. the bugs me anyway <laughs> <laughs> Don't get Becky started on it. She has a so for your for your personal writing process, are you a pantser? Are you a planner? Do you do I'm, you have a process at all? Because some people are just definitely a pantser. Um, I've kind of over the last year, I, I wrote a lot in the last year. I've now I'm working now on book nine mm -hmm. from the last 12 months. So over the time I've kind of formed a process, but literally my outlines are like a one page outline mixed with crayon drawing on it it's it's not <laughs> like anything special and um normally I tend to write a series and before I send it to the editor so then I kind of can go back to interweave characters with the others okay. if I need to but no I don't have a I hear some authors take like two weeks to make like a 50 page outline no way is that me and I don't think that will ever be me so, there. No. <laughs> there are some now I will say because you've written this the matchbox series right yeah matchbox series yeah. um now there are some authors have you created a character bible for that <laughs> no series? so that I have a different section in my notebook with like less crayon drawing on it but no <laughs> I I um literally I even wrote that series out of order so okay. Okay. Um, I actually wrote book three and four first and then I actually ended up writing a book that's not even in the series which I'm releasing in June the unexpected card um I wrote that and then I went back to the matchbox series but um I always knew from the first book that I wrote and same for the next series from the first book that I wrote which 
five characters or four characters are going to have a book what is the trope going to be for that book and then how do they interlink so then I just have it in mind when when I'm uh, writing the story okay so yeah it's really like chaotic writing I love it it's not it's not so chaotic though I I just feel like it just kind of comes out but it um, sounds chaotic but apparently (laughs) yeah no I don't feel like it's too chaotic maybe my editor might think it's chaotic I don't know I don't know (laughs) it works for you so yeah yeah (laughs) so what um made you make the decision to write that first book so I um I've always been a writer in some way never romance um although like when I was in college I wrote a I wrote a sex column for our student newspaper I mean that's the closest I got to romance I would say um but I so I've always been writing I also write uh, historical fiction under a different name um but then COVID happened and it's the biggest like Nobody would have predicted this, but I moved house three days before we went into lockdown. I had no internet for three months because our internet didn't work and they couldn't come fix it because of the lockdowns. I had no Netflix, no YouTube, nothing for three months. So I was really in this like isolation so I could just start writing and I was walking Mm -hmm. every day because what else are you going to do with a kid who can't go to daycare and yeah the inspiration came and then I just started writing and luckily I had all the time in the world to write so that's how it kind of all happened and then um, my husband's like oh you should try publishing it I'm like oh no that'll be silly and then I started looking into it and I'm like all right I'll publish and then they say it's better to publish a series. So then I ended up writing a series. So <laughs> that's how that happened. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So see if our house yeah. went without internet for three months, I'm pretty sure like we would revert to Canada. It'd be anarchy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> things would not be good. <laughs> yeah. What is, so is it scary um, to press that publishing button and to put yourself out there? Um, I... In the end, no, but I really like kind of stewed on it for quite a few months. So I already had edited my first, my first book was completely edited already in by October and uh, I didn't release it till January. So I already had the buildup in my head. And before I even sent it to the editor, I sent it to a different editor to beta read to double check, like, am I just being crazy or should I actually maybe try and publish? And um so I kind of had all these steps in this processes and then just kind of into like going into different author Facebook groups and so forth. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the end, why not, you know, just hit publish, just do it. <laughs> take the risk. No, it's good. Yeah. It's good yeah. to take the risk. Yeah. Um, Leah, did you have a question? Yeah. Uh, so did you always want to indie <laughs> publish or was there ever... It's never once crossed my mind to do traditional publishing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just from what I feel from what I read and what I hear from other authors, it's just there's so many more advantages to being an indie publisher and you really can do things your way. And um, you can also go seek your own opportunities without going via via. Mm -hmm. The only time I would maybe use a traditional publisher or literary agent is if I really wanted to go after foreign rights or something. But even so, I hear more and more authors doing it themselves too. So who knows? But uh, no, not for, for romance. I think 
the the market for an indie romance author is just amazing so Mm -hmm. what do you feel is the hardest part about indie publishing so I think somebody once said that as soon as you write the end on your manuscript and you send it off to your editor it becomes a product it's it's no longer that passion project it's it's a product because then Mm -hmm. you have to do the marketing and uh, the formatting, the covers, everything. And it's a whole list. And it does some days feel like you're, you, you make a book, you 50% of it is writing it, but the other 50% is marketing it. And that, that, that I can understand how people can burn out really quickly from it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, in the end, it's, you know, keep going, keep writing. <laughs> yeah. And what, what do you love about it? Um, what I just, I love the whole process of, I love, uh, when, you know, starting from step one, which, um, for definitely for my next series, I picked the cover model first and then I, uh, did the cover and then I sent it to the editor. I love the back and forth with the editor. I love, uh, actually, you know, hitting publish and seeing what people think about it when they read it. Um, so I love that. I love interacting with the people who read it. Um, mm-hmm. if they like it. And also if they don't like it, I also uh, like hearing it, to be honest. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I love that side of it. The marketing side, I, it's a learning curve. It's a total learning curve. And I feel like it changes so drastically from one week to another. And um, it, back in October, I think I spoke to a few from promo companies. Like, oh, don't worry about TikTok. Now, if you it's have all a viral about the TikTok, video on TikTok, yeah. you're number one in Amazon store. So it's like, whoa, yeah, it's it's crazy. TikTok is interesting, and it's kind of interesting. I'm glad you brought that up with the number one on the Amazon store because we kind of know <laughs> what you're talking about a little bit. Because we- I think it's like three authors that happened to in the last two months or something. They had a viral video, and like you hadn't even heard of them, and like, or they they were around always, but they weren't. In the top 10 they and were, bam, well, they're in the top 10. <laughs> the, one that, the one that's the current one is um, she took her story and kind of used her blurb to create a video to tell the story yeah. as the blurb tells the, you know, to interest in. She said she woke up the next morning after publishing it and her book was number one. Um, and now we're seeing like, eight different authors. I saw eight different videos yesterday from eight different people now trying to mimic and do the same thing. Yeah. And that's all well and good. I mean, I'm happy for the author that made it to number one. I don't, I love some of her books, but it's TikTok is hard because as a consumer on TikTok, I want original content. I'm more likely to engage with an author that's being original versus there's some authors that sit there basically, I can think of four or five of them that just do thirst traps, like nonstop. Yeah. That doesn't make me want to read your book. I actually yeah. think you're annoying and I scroll right past you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Leah doesn't do TikTok. She only gets TikTok that I, I send her. I also, I really, you know, I'm, I think I, I have, I'm on there, but I don't really. Oh, do I didn't even take that step. I only see them if they're shared with me. <laughs> And I don't even know how the algorithm of TikTok works, but I don't think it really works for me because I think it picks up your location. So I doubt my, like the person down the street is going to read my English book. So I don't think it really works right? <laughs> for me anyways. I don't know. Yeah, I, I have my thought process on something like TikTok is 
and and I told an author this actually she was she was a very heavy Twitter author like she's a lot on Twitter so all of these younger kids that were using Twitter found her book and the next thing she knows is she has all of these really bad reviews they don't like uh. the girl because they think that she's you know too weak they don't like the guy because they think he's a jackass all this stuff and I said okay so I said to her I said well friend what's your age demographic for your book? What age group are you writing for your book? And she's like, you know, late 20s to early 40s. And I said, well, where is that audience? And yeah. like, and she's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, that's a Facebook audience. That's an Instagram audience. That is not yeah. a Twitter demographic. Now men, they're on Twitter because it's less, you know, words, you know, they can say less. Um, and young kids are on Twitter. But for you, if you really, if your demographic you're saying is late 20s to early 40s, you need to put your time and effort where you're going to make the impact to your demographic. Yeah. And I think yeah. Twitter's or uh, um, TikTok is one of those that it's all over the place. For yeah, isn't it now? Like, I think there's like mom talk or something where there's, <laughs> there's a lot there's of a like, there's a talk for everything. Moms are on TikTok. I don't know. Well, I look at some of these women with babies and I think, oh, I'm pretty sure I could be your mom. You look young enough to be like <laughs> my child. So yeah. my thought process on the whole TikTok thing or even social media in general is put the time and effort in to do at least one really well. And yeah. so if you're good on Facebook, keep your engagement on Facebook. You don't have to follow the latest trend. Because there's no guarantee, like you said, that the algorithm's going to work in your favor or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thought on that. Um, <laughs> I have so many thoughts. Okay. So let's talk about your so book. Um, yeah. So we have different with you, crazy with you, always with you, again with you, and tempted with you. Now the first Ooh. three, four are out. Three. First four are out. First yeah. And the next one comes out in um, three weeks. And then it's, weeks. then that series is done. So, so yeah. the, the, the new one coming out, that is Nate's story. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the final one. Yeah. And that he's the, the owner of Matchbox. <laughs> so we go so full it all, circle. Like, it all comes together. Yeah. Yeah. So they're each book in the series is a standalone and then um, follows a different trope, basically. Yeah. So, so what but, so all the characters interlink, but you mm -hmm. can read them as standalone. Yeah. So what was your inspiration for them? Because isn't it a small Colorado town? Yeah, yeah. So um so if I ever went back to the US, um I wouldn't go back to the Midwest where I was born, actually. I would either go to Colorado or Texas. There. So um I mean those yeah, are no, very different Colorado yeah. and all the snow in yeah. Texas. <laughs> Not. <laughs> true completely true um so I only I don't know it, it just felt like the story should be in Colorado and I only want to really kind of write about places where I've uh, been or uh, want to be so that's, that's where that kind of came from so I just thought it was interesting to read that you you know live in Europe but the, yeah <laughs> the series reads in Colorado and it's so good and I felt like I was in Colorado 
So I was like, so like, yeah, even though, yeah, I am in, I am in Europe and I've lived most of my life in Europe. Um, but my, in a way, my heart is still in the US where I was born and, and I grew up until I was a teenager there. Um, so I think when I write, I write kind of to fulfill that homesickness that sometimes mm-hmm. I have. So I think all my stories will always be um, in the US and yeah. uh, a lot are coming up that take place in Chicago and there's a reason for that. And um so that's why. <laughs> um, out of your characters that you've written for these first five, do you have a favorite? Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely say book three and four. Uh, that's Leo and um, Jake. And I think that's just because for the Always With You was the first book I, I wrote in romance in general. And I, I never actually intended it to be a series. It was just going to be one one book and then I decided to make it into a series and um, that one I think had maybe I redrafted it maybe 20 times or something and then um, yeah, I just I just love the swooniness of the, the lead character and how it ended up and then for the fourth book Jake I I don't that story because it also interweaves Colorado and Chicago as, mm-hmm. it, as it happens a lot um, that was just kind of like a passion project for me and, and I'm actually really happy with how it turned out and I've had a few readers actually reach out to me that the the book was just they really enjoyed it and um, really kind of tugged at the heart but was still sweet and still, still sexy and steamy and uh, that's kind of what I wanted so for the whole series I wanted it that it was kind of light-hearted uh, mm-hmm. I just felt during COVID I didn't you'll never see me read dark romance so I'm not going to write dark romance um I kept it kind of light there is a lightness to your books but there's also like this your your steaminess is there I totally like felt the flirting and the connection and the drawl into your characters um but there is a lightness and a sweetness but it the sweetness sometimes when we get a a romance that there's so much like light and sweetness to it it will lower the steam level I don't think that that did that in this series you kept a really good balance that it had the steam and the flirting that I wanted yeah. um, with just this carefree kindness to the books. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and I think with each book, the steaminess, actually the steaminess level went up and more and more. And that's also just as a, as a new romance writer, my comfortableness with it just mm-hmm. went up more and more. So um, I definitely see with my next series, there's you know some scenes where I'm like oh is this actually maybe borderline erotica I don't know um we so yeah each that. book each book goes up a level I guess oh <laughs> you feel more comfortable like the, yeah. the more you write and like you know you can push it like to a certain point without it being yeah. too much although there's yeah. never it's never no. too much <laughs> no <laughs> we have been known to read you know we call it pnp porn or pwp porn pwp um yeah we've been known to read that enjoy it immensely so well, I love um reading Nikki Sloan she um had she, what did she just have released come out um, she had the architect that came out yes and the doctor and then have you read the filthy rich Americans series so that that series it was a hit or miss for me but she had a series out four years ago with like three simple rules and yes. it was the blindfold club uh-huh uh, it's great so good. And, so but good. I noticed like with the architects um 
that that wasn't really i mean the romance factor was maybe only 30 percent which is which is okay (laughs) no we're crazy girls because we read um well katie roberts has a her taboo series that she writes that's like um your dad will do and gifting her or gifting me to his best friend Um, yeah (laughs) they're fantastic um but it's definitely and then we have a friend that writes under the name Mimi Kinley and these are like little novettas that are like super steamy what 24-hour like relationships but yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) oh good anyway so we like this theme so I'm excited then to read your next series so tell us Uh a little bit about this next series that you have coming out so the next series is totally, I wouldn't say it's a 180 from Matchbox series, but okay. um, it's definitely more, it's called, it's basically Mr. Boss novels. It's all workplace related romances. Okay. And it takes place in Chicago and it's um, more, I guess you could say, it's CEO types, uh, the tropes. I think one of the tropes in book two is, is the nanny and the boss. It's, yes. Or another one is uh, the boss who gets his employee pregnant, you know, it's all these things, but um, it's a lot of banter. It's a lot of banter. Mm -hmm. And um, it's the style, I would say, of writing isn't as sweet as maybe the Matchbox series, but it's a lot of banter, a lot of steam. um, And I still think it's that feel good romance. I I wouldn't uh, want to have a good time, then that's that's the romance for you. As long as there's a happily ever after. I'm even okay with a happily for now. Um, that's like, no, I don't do it now. I'm not happy with the happy <laughs> for now. I really, yeah. I, I, with that. <laughs> no, no. Like a cliffhanger for me. No, <laughs> just no. Cause I really go crazy when somebody has like a beautiful romance story, a fun romance story, and then it's a nice ending, but there's no epilogue. I want to see what happens in the future, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. We have an upcoming episode next month that we're going to explore epilogues and do we yeah. need them? Who can live with them? Who can live without them? What makes a good epilogue? Um, yeah. So are you a fan then, E, of the epilogue? Yes, I am a fan of the epilogue for sure. And so much so that I'm actually, I made it like a series epilogue for my newsletter subscribers so they can have even that and as an extra epilogue to so the epilogue they already received in their book. So I just, <laughs> See, yeah. I love, I love a series epilogue that kind of wraps everything up because yeah. like you've bring everybody together all at the same time i i love those yeah yeah um, and it's the same with like the prologues prologues i'm hit or hit or miss i really mm-hmm. um like most of the time it's a miss i don't yeah. mind a prologue that launches a series um i'm trying to think who did that well lexi ryan did that when she launched her orchard valley series Mm-hmm. There was like, it was, it's free in the Kindle store that you can read this prologue. Um, yeah. I don't. Kendall Ryan just did it, I think. Yeah. With her hockey, new hockey series. Yes. Yeah. So I don't mind that. I don't mind that kind of prologue, but I just recently read a book and it started with a prologue. I didn't need it. It wasn't, Yeah. it didn't enhance the story. It didn't help me get into the character's frame of mind. Really. It just made for extra words i would have rather spent that chapter getting to the steamier part quicker (laughs) i'm like i'm okay with like a one page or two page prologue but i think i once read a story where the prologue was 
God, it, it was longer than even the chapter one. And I'm like, no, this isn't, no. Well, and for me. for me, like if it's a second chance story, but mm. there's like an, a gap, like a time gap, like I don't mind yeah. a prologue for like when they had their last interaction and like how that plays out. And then chapter one is them coming back together. I don't yeah. mind those, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes prologues bother me. Also, we yeah. could do a whole episode on those. There's <laughs> an idea. I'm really excited though for your office romances. I love a good office romance. Yeah, and I'm also I'm really excited um, because you know also the cover design is completely different. I have cover models for each one, and mm-hmm. um, that makes it more exciting and it makes it easier to write as well. I think. <laughs> so is the the unexpected card? That's the first one of that yeah. series. Yeah. yeah. Are you pre-ordering a book right now, Leah? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just looking at it. <laughs> this is our life. Like we will have these episodes or even a book chat. We both sit with our phone or a pen and make a list and um make con like we'll make lists of books that we're supposed to be reading or pre-ordering. How many books do you read? How many books would you say you read on average per week? Um, it depends on the week. Yeah. Um, but I, I average eight to 12, a week. <laughs> but I, but I read very, very fast. Like, yeah. I hate to say this, but one of your books, I probably read in like two hours. So like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Although my, that, my books are like, they were, I mean, they're full length books, but they mm-hmm. weren't you know, 80,000 words. There were, I think. Right. So long, I can read like a 50 to 60,000 or something. Yeah. I can read a 50 to 60,000 word book in like an hour and a half to two hours, depending what? on the book. <laughs> so I'm not really the best judge on like yeah. book reading, but I mean, I've had yeah. weeks where I've put like 17 books down. Jeez. But um, wow. on average, <laughs> well, but I mean, cause I also, I, I'm a copy editor and a formatter. That's what I do for my day job. Um, so, you know, those, I don't count those as books I've read, even though I've read that because <laughs> that's yeah. part. Um, but I mean, about a book a day, I usually spend my evenings. I'm not a big TV watcher, but in a given week, although I say that in this weekend, I read four books. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday and Sunday. Well, and, and that's the thing too. Like if I have like a couple days, like if I'm sick, like I will lay in bed and my husband takes care of my kids and I'll just read all day. So I can put away like four books in a day just because I don't have to do yeah. anything. So if I have to take care of my kids and stuff like that, I can't read like multiple books yeah, in a day, but dishes every time. <laughs> Although and I'm like, we'll switch to an audiobook and just listen to yeah I can't I can't get into audiobooks I just it I can't distracts either. me or I can't focus like I can't do two things at the same time so I can't do audiobooks no. just like plug it in and like try to write or you know try to no. um if I have but if I have a physical activity if I'm like gardening or cleaning house a couple of years ago we moved oh, yeah. and um it was a really great to have the audiobooks. I would be able to, I'd put my Bluetooth headphones on and put my phone in my back pocket. And I packed our whole house um, listening to audiobooks. But to sit down like on the couch in the evening and put my feet up and try to listen to an audiobook, I can't. I'll, yeah, I get distracted or I fall asleep or I end up, you know, on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
But if I have to clean the girl child's bedroom, that's like a six audiobook adventure right there. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, audiobooks are not easy. I, I, I would agree with that, but I just have. And for me, it's also if I don't like the narrator, and even though it's a great book, I can't listen. I can't listen to it. So, well, it gets frustrating. And I think this is part of the reason Leah doesn't like uh, audiobooks is I can read faster than the audiobook yeah. reads it to me. Yeah. So it can True. be a yeah. 10 hour audiobook. But if based on my Kindle, it tells me I can read it in five hours. So then yeah. it's a matter of time. Yeah. And we I, know. I don't, I can't wait that long for an ending. No, no. <laughs> well, and I really like a book and that's, I think what I love about your books, cause you talk about your banter. There is so much dialogue, but it's not overwhelming yeah. dialogue. Like, I like that you tell a story through dialogue, actual verbalized dialogue. I, mm-hmm. I had a recent book that I read that there was a ton of internal dialogue and that's how we got to know the characters was through their internal dialogue. And it was, I was bored. Yeah. You know, there wasn't. And I think a lot of authors, they, they're like really into description and less dialogue and others are more into dialogue and, and less description. I'm, I, I don't, I give the basics, but I, I don't go into great detail. I think <laughs> description and more the dialogue type of person. So I do like good dialogue and flirting and dirty talking. Just, you know, those, <laughs> my, those are my check marks. If, if I can get those five things into a book, it's a five star. <laughs> well, and like with Leo and Jess, like three fourths of their book was like foreplay with all the banter and like, yeah, exactly. Bickering yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Just, and I think like that one, I think it, it, that one was just really a passion project and the characters were really just in my head forever and ever. And at one point the book was like 85,000 words and I ended up having cut like 15,000. It was just, it was getting kind of crazy, but um, we got there in the end. So too much. bless my editor. <laughs> no, it worked. I like that one a lot. So do you yeah, find it easier to write your series all together before handing it off then? So I did that with uh, the Matchbox series just um, because I wasn't, I didn't have a date in my mind of when I would, you know, hit the publish button. I just thought, Mm -hmm. you know, let's just send it. Um, So I did have the series finished when I sent it to my editor for that one. For the next series, no, uh, I'm doing it because the unexpected card I actually sent to um, another, an amazing editor, but a different editor, already back in September, the same time I sent the Matchbox series, because it was only going to be a standalone story. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of COVID and everyone's schedules, it got delayed and delayed and delayed. And um, then by the time we finally did edit it, I decided, oh, it's going to be a series. <laughs> so um, no, I, the next one is just literally writing, editing, publishing, editing, publishing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it will still come out on a, on a quick, quicker mm-hmm. Schedule. not as quick as the matchbox series which was a release every month um but yeah every two months there'll be a book out awesome awesome well we're excited to see what's um you know next for you and we'll check out Thanks. the uh, tempted <laughs> with you releases the last week of april right yeah the 29th of april 29th yes. of april so everybody should look for that and um thank you again for joining us yes. oh, thank, thank you, you. Okay, everyone. Um, so now we're going to do the business part of the podcast. Um, 
I just wanted to send a little reminder out that Buzzing About Romance and Bookcase and Coffee is an Amazon affiliate. You can support the podcast by using our Amazon affiliate link on our website. You can use this to buy everything from books to toilet paper. Anything you can get on Amazon, you can buy it through our Amazon affiliate link. And that sends us a small little kickback. Um, a couple things that have been bought with the link is the Winston Brothers Paper Dolls and Pangea. So uh, Pangea is food for the lizard, just so everyone knows. Okay, I was going to ask, I'm like, what is Pangea? It's like dried up powdered mango right now or papaya or something like that. Um, it's specific for one of Sid's uh, or one of the girl child's shit. Um, the girl child's uh, lizards. So as we can tell, basically I'm using the Amazon link right now. <laughs> but if you buy something wacky, I will totally give it a shout out on the podcast so I don't buy wacky things because we don't have lizards. Well, then buy or anything like that. Buy anything through the Amazon link. Although, one wacky thing I bought, we bought a nail like file, like electric file for the dog. See, so we don't have to clip his nails. And did you buy it through? My but that I through the Amazon. No, because it was pre. That was pre affiliate okay. link. So, but if you're but buying, that's like the wackiest thing I've bought on there. But if you're buying books or if you use the save and subscribe um, thing on Amazon, you can set it up so that it does it through our um, Amazon Amazon affiliate link and it gives a kickback. So really, if you're going and buying an ebook, even a pre-order, make sure you do it through our Amazon affiliate link and it gives us a little kickback and it costs you nothing. So next up, what are you reading? Next. Right now, I am reading Marriage and Murder by Penny Reed. It is her second book of her Solving for Pi series, which is a continuation of Jen and Cletus Winston. Well, Jen, Jennifer, Donner, Sylvester, the banana cake queen, and Cletus. <laughs> and Cletus. Um, okay. And then I'm reading Rogue Wave by Isabella Jolie. Um, this is book one in an island series. I'm actually really loving it. It's, um, I think it's like Haven Island or something like that. It's really good. Mm. Um, I've read a couple books by her, but this, I'm excited for this series and it's, um, we're going to do a Is it contemporary or is it? It is contemporary. It is. Um, huh. This one takes place um, on an island near Cape Fear off the Eastern seaboard. And- Okay. Um, it's like a touristy island there's but there's also some conservation aspect to it for uh sea turtles and stuff so it's really it's very interesting the guy was on track to be like a conservationist a biologist he was getting his doctorate and he actually got burnout there's some family history there for him and he left and went to work for greenpeace and, oh. and now he's come back to the island. His grandmother has died and left him her little beach cottage on the island. And then he is connecting with a younger, so it's a little bit of an age gap, a younger girl that is um, on the island working for the conservatory that sets up the for the sea turtles and stuff. So it's hmm. I may have to read that one. Let's add that to my TBR. Yes. So that's because that's not long enough. 
because you know i didn't give you six books over the weekend right no anyway. that's true you did <laughs> i haven't read them yet though um okay. okay so what is upcoming releases so um i have come to me by jh croy and that's like the third book in this Alaskan series that she has. It's a new Alaskan series. I was gonna say, aren't all of hers Alaskan series? Are they all Alaskan? I think most of hers okay, are well, Alaskan. I've only read three books, so Come to Me is my third book by her. Okay. Or if she if she doesn't, they're not all, like she has multiple Alaskas. Cause I read one series of hers and it was Alaska, but it's been a, a while, so. So this is not the resort ones. These are the ones, okay. family that does the plane um, tours. I can't okay. think of serious. Anyway, I really like them and I like this family. So um, that's Come to Me by J.H. Corey. That comes out on the 13th of April. Rogue Wave that I'm currently reading comes out April 13th. Falling Out of Hate with You comes out on the April 15th. My One Night by Carrie Ann Ryan comes out on the 13th. Seriously, there's like eight books on the 13th. There's a, well, there's a lot of books in that <laughs> week because there's a lot on like the, the 12th, 13th and 15th, like not a lot on the 14th, but I feel like all three days, like there's a lot. Um, Nashville Nights by Julia Capulet comes out on the 13th. And then what do you have coming out that week? Um, Caged by Elise Faber is coming out on 412. It is... It is the newest one in her hockey series. And I can't remember if it's like the sixth book or the, I don't know. There's a lot in that series, but it is, it's very good. I actually just finished it um, a couple of days ago. And I, I liked it because it's a shy heroine who like, she's very sure of herself, but she's very self-conscious or um, doesn't have a lot of self-confidence because there are things that happened and it, it affected like the way things panned out from there. And so she's very, um, I like her a lot though, because she really, um, comes into her own in the story and the, the guy, I cannot think of their names off the top of my head. I read so much this weekend. Um, he's, he's very supportive, like, and tries to like help her come out of her shell. And then, I mean, he does something stupid, of course, and, but it happens. Of course. But, and then, um, I, have the glass slipper which is book three in Kay webster's cinderella trilogy um and it comes out on the 13th and then for the love of easton by a.m hargrove comes out on the 15th of april and then we're both reading every time i fall by lexi ryan because mm -hmm. because she's gonna come and join us on a happy hour over on our youtube channel Yes. So the book comes out on the 13th and then we will have her on the show on the 15th. So we get to talk all things Orchard Falls, Orchard Valley, Orchard Valley. Okay. So Orchard Valley. people who are listening to this, I am telling you right now, this is a book to go pre-order. So if you're listening to this episode on Sunday or Monday, go pre-order every time I fall and then read this on Tuesday and then come back and join us on the YouTube for the happy hour. I have not read a book like this in a very long time. It's a real bodied heroine. She's a full figured girl and it was just magical. I 
Abby and Dean stole my heart. Dean is a book boyfriend now. Like, I mean, I'm claiming him. He just had a sweetness about him that I adored and I loved. And I like how this wasn't, I just, and we'll talk about it on the happy hour. So I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm telling you, this is a book to add to your TBR. Just do it. Believe me, trust in me. I promise. <laughs> now you haven't read it yet though, right? You're like, I, no, I haven't. Um, it is either tomorrow or the next day type thing. Like I've been yeah. in, inundated with a billion and other books, yeah. um, which is fine. I'm not complaining. But it's one of those ones where like, I don't have to have it read yet. So I keep pushing it back a little bit. Nope. That's where I am at at book, uh, at book club book. This episode is going to drop the day after book club and we're recording a few days in advance and I haven't read book club book yet. So that's next. You still got some time. You got time. But as long as I have like, as long as I have a day, I'm good to go. I just need that day. I'm having a picture of pink senorita margaritas. <laughs> they sound so good. They do sound so good. So um, what are we talking about next time? So next time uh, on the next episode, we are continuing our indie author spotlight episodes because again, April is indie author month. So we are celebrating the indie author and we are going to spend some time chatting with Arthur Harlow James, um, who has a new book coming out. Not until the 20th. Yes. See, there's so many dates in my head right now. I know. But um, on my unexpected vow, which is book two in her- California Billionaires. Yes. So. Um, so it'll be Hayes and Waverly. Yes. We'll talk about that. Or Beaverly. <laughs> Beaverly. Anyway. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.